Holy Hour of Power. This is the month of January, the holy name of Jesus. And uh, hey, Terry, I'm reporting for duty. What about you, my friend? I'm reporting for duty, Jesse, and I'm scratching my bald head saying, I can't believe uh, what's happening in the world and in the church. Is this microphone really on where, Mm. you know, we got the Cardinal Fernandez saying that bishops banned from total or definitive denial of fiduciary supplicants, the the document that says you can bless same-sex unions, and they try to get around it. But remember, actions speak louder than words. And so all the good bishops around the world are going, wait a minute, wait a minute. I didn't sign up for this. I signed up for the gospel. I didn't sign up to be politically correct. I didn't play. I'm not a worldly person. I'm a godly person. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the issue on marijuana that Jesse is an expert. He wrote a book on it. So we're going to let Dennis Prager share some insights on that. And also, you know what I've noticed, Jesse? Guys that we've known for decades who are Orthodox, they're red pilling. Man, they're red pilling like what? And they're saying things that I never would have expected. Uh, like a professor at Franciscan University, and what he had to say, saying that Pope Francis should resign. What? I mean, I've never expected anything like that. And then, of course, we're going to talk about, with the Christmas season that we're in still, but Archbishop Sheen, how Jesus' likeness at Christmas is more powerful than Superman. <laughs> All right, we're going to talk about that. Jesse, uh, for the good-to-know file, I have to just say, uh, when I looked at things, I just uh, constantly just saying. More and more people are standing up now and standing up for the truth. It seems like there's a, a lion that got out of the cage and saying, wait a minute, we're not going to let this happen to our kids at the schools. We're not going to put up with this. So it seems to me that uh, we are waking up people with the truth of the gospel and because the tr- it's the gospel that will set us free. The worldly, will, the worldly will not set us free. The worldly... I'll just be honest with you. If you have a worldly view, like you have on same-sex marriage or uh, on abortion or any of these other moral questions, adultery, any of them, and you just say, hey, you know what? The world says it's cool now. Well, you know what? Those same people who embrace that go to hell, objectively. Okay, why? Because they're breaking the commandments of God. I didn't make it up, man. God made these commandments, and he says things like a sodomite. You know what? He says it right in the Bible. No, no. It cries from heaven, vengeance. I didn't say it, Jess. The Bible said it. Okay, I'm a little fired up, if you can tell. Just a little. Terry, also, uh, uh, prelate number 34 has been canceled. Oh, my. Who is it now? Come so, on. So, so far, 33, mostly bishops. Wow. I think about three about three priests have been canceled yeah. or suspended just, or, 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 or removed, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. So po- uh, 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 prelate number 34, yeah. a priest from Tuscany, Italy, uh-huh. named Father Ramon Gudietti. Yeah. He gave a homily, and he said some of the things that got him in trouble. He said that Pope Francis, he said this, he described him in, a, in his homily, a 20-minute homily, it's on video, as a Jesuit Freemason linked to world powers and an anti-Pope usurper, and amongst wow. other things. So he was just canceled he didn't have a he didn't have a trial huh no no trial okay. uh, so this is per clergy number 34 and, and, and not a warning gone. right no warning no warning no letter just uh yeah so just i thought i thought i'd share that with you also <clears throat> regarding there is kind of breaking news about the vatican did big time re- yeah they responded 
uh, about uh, this uh, Cardinal Fernandez. And about before, you, this... before you do it, Jesse, remember they said there will be no more further yes. do- documents on this. It's a done issue. Well, they found out that they can't do that because people are pushing back. But let's see what did he say now just recently this morning. Yeah. In a nutshell, Terry, yeah. uh, the fiducia suplicans, it's it, there's about 5000 words yeah. in that document. And and here's when you break it down. Here's the four things that fiducia suplicans says. Yeah. OK. Marriages between a man and a woman. We know that yeah. they don't have to say that we already two. Any sexual activity outside of marriage is sinful. We know that. They didn't yeah. have to say that. Actions speak louder no, than words. No, yeah. yeah, exactly. Number three, the church cannot bless same-sex unions yep. or irregular heterosexual unions. We already knew that. They yep. didn't have to Nothing write that new. again. Nothing new. Nothing full. Four, number four, priests can bless any individual who asks for a blessing with the right intention without approving or condoning a lifestyle, which any priest with common sense already knows that he can do. So here's my point, Terry. Yeah. Why did they issue fiducia supplicans, this 5,000-word document that repeated everything that we already know? And I'll, t- and I'll tell you why. It's the 100 words. The, 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 those are, there's 100 weasel words there. Yeah. W- what I mean by that. This documentary is psychological warfare oh, yeah. in an ongoing campaign to move the needle, it's called incrementalism. The modernists yeah. have been doing this since the 60s. Incrementalism. You keep pushing and pushing and moving the needle until you disarm the opposition with a complete sexual revolution. Terry, just like they've done with Humane Vitae. Yeah. Okay? What they did with Humane Vitae, incrementalism. Yeah. Ignore it. Ignore it. Reject it. Yeah. Speak out against it. And what's... And, and and what's the result? Ninety percent of Catholics contracept. Yeah. Why? Why? Most Catholics have humani. What are you talking about, we Jess? Yeah. What's Actions that? What, what, what is that? Deny, reject, obfuscate. This is what they're doing. Yeah, so we as Catholics, Terry, we got to be on guard because yep. this is psychological warfare. Yeah. And the sexual revolutionary, starting with Cardinal Fernandez, yeah. who has a position of power. Uh, these people are running roughshod right now. So as Catholics, don't lose your mind. Remember, Catholics, the Lord is the one who's in charge of the church. We've had bad popes before. Okay? We've had 21 bad popes before. So so get that out of your mind that Pope Francis is not the pope. Get that out of your mind. Okay? He's the pope. He's just not doing a good job like his predecessors. And we as Catholics have survived bad popes before. We'll survive this one because our faith is in Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, forever. He's our Savior. He's our Lord. He's our King. And Jess, I'll just make one comment a good priest told me. Out of those 5,000 words, Jess, how many quotes out of Scripture in those 5,000 words? Zero! No Scripture verses. Yes. No repent, no repentance. Yeah, yeah, right. Gospel. Well, you can't if you don't quote the gospel. You're not yeah. going to get repentance. Another one. Jesus many, is not mentioned. How many of the fathers of the church, uh, saints, were quoted as saying, you know, any quotes that they could get? Zero. See, here's the point. As I said on television, someone when they interviewed me and this came out, I said, show me one pope, show me one saint in the 2,000 year history that would that would sign off on this document, and I'll consider changing my mind. No, this is really has nothing to do with the biblical worldview. They call it a novelty. It's the, a novelty. The, they call it a novelty, That's Terry. Exactly what it is. You nailed it. 
Yeah, and, and and Terry, really, realistically, if you want to understand the Francis papacy in this document, there's a couple things that I would alert you to. Okay. Number one is uh, Pope Francis basically threw the gauntlet down when he says, who am I to judge? Yep. Okay, those words, Terry, those five words issued right at the beginning of his pontificate, it set the stage for everything. And the context was, who am I to judge a homosexual priest? Right. That, that was the context. Then he also said... I might go down in a few years I later. I might go down in history for having split the Catholic that's Church. That's right. And he said that's interesting. Yeah. He even professed that. You know what else he said? That, that uh, you talk about judging. Hey, girls with all these babies, stop breeding like rabbits. Yes. Okay, now, if that's not judging and, 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 and not affirming people who with large families, you know how many women I spoke with who were, were offended? offended? Oh. Uh, of course, my wife was offended yeah, by that yeah, comment. Yeah. Everybody should be. Terry and Pope Francis also recently used a word that he wants to demasculinize yeah. the church. That. Yeah, that was not Demas- that was That's a recent one. Yeah. Also, he said he said it twice to youth. Uh, oh yeah, at two world mess. youth days. Okay. He's told young told young people <laughs> make a mess yeah. in the church. Oh my gosh. Make a mess in the church. Pray to me, him. it seems like if he's following his what he told the young people. Yeah. And, and 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 another thing, again, all you have to do is just listen to what he says. Right. Uh, he's also said a couple. Of, he said this back, I think, in uh, I could look it up. I think it was in four or five years ago. Pope Francis said this, quote, Pope John Paul II was a saint. I am the devil. Wow. He, that was that was when people were asking about John Paul II. He goes, yeah, I know. I know you guys all say, you know, he's a saint. I get it. I get it. And I know. And I'm the devil right now. Even to say that tongue in cheek, oh, yeah. I as a lay person have a real, uh, I, it's disturbing yeah. for the, a pope of the Catholic Church to say in, in, in an interview in a white audience, uh, yeah, I am the dead. Terry, even joking, uh, like for example, even joking, I wouldn't say to no. my kids, oh, uh, I'm Hugh Hefner, a playboy. Uh, I'm a serial killer, yeah. uh, Jeffrey Dahmer. No. Uh, no, I'm the no, Night Stalker. No. I wouldn't even say that joke to not. friends. Why would a pope say, quote, Pope John Paul II was a saint and I'm the devil? Those words, Terry, they haunt me, I'm telling you. Well, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to go back another step 40 years ago when uh, the Jesuit superior, Pope Francis, it's in a book called uh, The... Um, Dictator Pope, uh, I can't tell you the page number, but that's where I read it. And it was uh, an interview where the superior Pope Francis told the Holy See, don't make him a bishop. They said, why? Because he's got a temper and he's imprudent and he says things off the cuff that are just outlandish. And he, he doesn't, he's, he's not qualified to be a bishop. And what happened, Jess? They made him a bishop. They didn't take the superior's advice. So here we are. We can pray for him. Yeah. When we come back, yeah. we're going to get the gospel. We're going to get Fulton Sheen, and we're going to move on with, with the issue of What's mar- wrong with marijuana? What's wrong with marijuana? Yeah. You're listening to the Terry and Jesse Show, who prays for Holy Father every single day. And if I'd ask all of us to continue to pray for him, because he needs it. He's the vigor of Christ, not the superior of Christ. Stay with us. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. Yes, our phones are burning up. I mean, many good people of goodwill who love the Holy Father are praying for him because he's allowing things that are going on that are going to undermine the deposit of faith. That's just how simple it is. 
Jesse, before we get to the mayor, what's wrong with marijuana? Let's get to the good news of the of our Lord and Saviors for gospel for today. Amen. In Elizabeth Ann Seton feast. Pray for uh, us. Yes. Gospel of John, chapter one, verse thirty-five and following. John was standing with two of his disciples, and as he watched Jesus walk by, he said, "Behold, the Lamb of God." That the two disciples heard what he had said and followed Jesus. Jesus turned and saw them following him and said to them. What are you looking for? They said to him, Rabbi, which translated means teacher. Where are you staying? He said to them, come and you will see. So they went and saw where he was staying and they stayed with him that day. It was about four in the afternoon. Andrew, the brother, the brother of Simon Peter is one of the two who heard John and followed Jesus. He first found his own brother, Simon, and told him, we have found the Messiah, which is translated Christ. Then he brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, You are Simon, the son of John. You will be called Cephas, which is translated Peter, the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. A couple comments that I would make is uh, what jumps out at me in, uh, in today's gospel mm -hmm. is uh, verse 35, disciples. Okay, some of you would say, well, he called the disciples. He didn't call me. No, whenever you read the scriptures, there's also what's called a spiritual exegesis, a spiritual interpretation. Mm -hmm. When Jesus called the disciples to follow him, those two disciples specifically, he's also calling you. That's called the spiritual exegesis of scripture. What does a disciple mean? A student, a student to the master. All of us are students of, and Jesus Christ is the master. So all of us in a secondary sense are disciples until the end of time. Uh, these uh, also it talks about the 10th hour. Uh, if you, in case you're, well, what does the 10th hour mean to the Jews? And it's 4 p.m. That's the 10th hour for the Jews. And Jesus has called, notice he's referred to as the Messiah in verse 41. The word Messiah means anointed one. And that's, that's uh, rendered from the Greek, which is Christos, which means anointed one. And so uh, verse 42, this is the one that where the Petrine office mm -hmm. is, is starting to be established. Peter's name is changed into the Aramaic word for kepha, which means rock. And uh, this, uh, this is generally, it's is generally not used as a name in Hebrew. Nobody in Hebrew is called rock except God. So this is very interesting because this term was not generally used as a personal name before Jesus Christ named Simon rock. Now it's kind of a popular, now you've got people called Rocky, but back in the days of Peter, that was, a, that was a name that was exclusive to God alone. Well said. Let's bring the smartest guy into the room. Full sheen ahead. This is interesting. It's on persecution, Jess. It says, one of the great and mysterious fact that is not generally known to the world is that whenever there is persecution on the account of our faith, it always results in a vast catch of souls for the kingdom of God. Tertullian was right when he said, the blood of the martyrs is the seed of the church. So that gives me hope, Jesse. And why I say that is I see persecution. I see suffering mm. from inside the church. And that's, uh, yeah, outside, of course. Look at the church in Pakistan, for example. I mean, Christians are being slaughtered in Nigeria, Nigeria and Africa, yeah. all over. But we're also having persecution from the inside for standing for the deposit of faith. So, By the modernist. Yes, there you go. All yep. right, let's move on. I also want to talk about Elizabeth Ann Seaton. Oh, Pray uh, for us. It's their feast day. Great feast. 
Elizabeth Ann Seton Day was a was from a prominent Protestant family. She encountered the Catholic faith in Italy with her ailing husband. She was widowed at the age of 29, and later she converted to Catholicism to the disappointment of her Protestant family. Her attempts to found a school in New York to support herself and her five children failed when the parents of her students co- discovered that she was Catholic. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Persecution, dude. Yeah. And after responding to the invitation to open a school in Baltimore, she founded the Sisters of Charity of St. Joseph to educate the poor and orphans. Elizabeth died in Emmitsburg, Maryland in 1821. She's considered the patroness of Catholic education in America, and she's also considered, I believe, the first Catholic canonized saint in America. 1975 is when she was canonized, I remember. Jesse, also, the interesting note about it, by the time she died, there were 20 schools going on. Remember, she was closed. They closed it because she was Catholic. Did she say, woe is me? I can't do it. No. She persevered. That's a great message for you and I, Jess. Never, never give up. That's right. Hey, let's talk about uh, what's wrong with marijuana. This, oh, yeah. is, from, this is from Prager U. Yeah, this kidding. is a short little clip from Dr. Drew Pinsky. He's, uh, he's an expert in this field. Mr. Engineer, can you play the clip? All right, we're going to hang on. He's trying to get that clip in. But, Jess, I just want to give a plug for your website, jesseromero.com. Your book is available on the What's Wrong with Marijuana, too. That, that's still been – it's been out for years, but all the facts there are, are just still as good Oh, yeah, as they, they, they haven't changed. Yeah. And a lot of people, Terry – Here's a not- medical miracle for you. A drug that relieves pain, reduces anxiety, improves your mood, and has no side effects. Too good to be true? Well, millions of Americans believe that drug is marijuana. Are they right? I'm a physician, board-certified internist, and addiction medicine specialist. I've treated thousands of people whose addictions to opiates, alcohol, and other drugs were wrecking their relationships, their careers, and their lives. I'm telling you, marijuana can be both harmful and addictive, just like many other substances. What I've seen firsthand for 20 years is now becoming obvious to other doctors and researchers. Increased use of marijuana is leading to increased psychosis, bipolar mania, and even spontaneous vomiting, especially in adolescents and young adults. The younger the user, the less developed their brain, the more harmful the drug. Hate to burst your bubble, but that is the science. A 2022 Gallup survey found 30% of Americans between 18 and 34 use marijuana. When scientists at the University of Michigan asked young adults between 19 and 30 if they'd used it within the past month, 29% said yes in 2021, compared to 21% in 2016 and 17% in 2011. Daily marijuana use across all ages nearly doubled from 6% in 2011 to 11% in 2021. That translates into over 13 million Americans compared with 5 million in the decade before. There's no such thing as a bad drug. They are just molecules that affect human physiology. Most Americans use some form of a recreational substance, But ignoring or denying potential adverse effects creates a potential for serious harm. There's no free lunch with Mother Nature, so there are always side effects. My goal here is not to shame or scare anyone, but to raise awareness so you can make informed decisions. Speaking of that, keep in mind that marijuana has gone corporate. According to Forbes, legal marijuana is now a $20 billion industry and growing. It's a lot of vested interest in making sure you don't hear the bad news. But there are risks. 
and the more you use and the higher the concentrations, the more the risk. Of course, most people who use marijuana won't have a psychotic break, develop bipolar disorder, or become schizophrenic, just as most people who drink don't develop alcoholic liver disease or alcohol dementia. Some individuals, and not a small number, will have a significant reaction to marijuana, and there's no way to know in advance. You won't know until it happens, and then it might be too late. It wasn't always like this. The marijuana people use today is not the weed of my generation. It hasn't been for at least two decades. What changed? The answer is found in three letters, THC. THC, or tetrahydrocannabinol, the main psychoactive or mind-altering component of cannabis. It's what gets you high. Keith Humphreys, a Stanford University professor of psychiatry, and drug policy advisor to Presidents Bush and Obama testified to a Rhode Island State Senate committee that THC concentrations had increased from 3% in the 80s up to over 20% in 2017. According to the New York Times in 2023, that figure is now nearing 100% THC, wow. a 30-fold increase. And as the stuff gets stronger, so do its effects. The 2021 National Survey on Drug Use and Health found that among the 52 million Americans 12 and older who used marijuana in the past month, 16 million were addicted. So nearly one-third of users can't quit, at least not without help, despite the drug's negative effects on their lives. In 2023, JAMA Psychiatry published a study of marijuana habits among 6.5 million Danes over the age of 16. The study found that marijuana addicts were twice as likely as non-users to be diagnosed with clinical depression and up to four times as likely to develop bipolar disorder with psychotic symptoms. A study in Norway, also published in 2023, concluded that among people who had no pre-existing mental health issues who'd had a psychotic incident after using marijuana, 27% develop what has been characterized as schizophrenia. Are you with me? One out of four perfectly healthy people who started using marijuana on a regular basis developed a severe mental disorder. Some of them were my patients. Two of them were my family members. One developed an addiction, one psychosis. They're now both fine but required treatment. They are among the lucky ones. But others weren't so lucky. Joshua Jimenez started using at 14 and was hospitalized three times for marijuana-induced psychosis. He committed suicide in 2021. He was 22. Kevin Bright was 15 when he started using marijuana to allegedly self-medicate for depression. Three years later, he suffered his first psychotic break. He ended his life at 29. Joshua and Kevin are not simply anecdotes. A 2023 JAMA study found that cannabis-linked attempted suicides have increased at an average rate of 17% a year. Still want to take that miracle drug that relieves pain, reduces anxiety, improves your mood, and has no side effects? Well said. Let me just mention a, a prophet that validates with what this good yeah. doctor just said. So this doctor, he comes at it from a medical perspective. Venerable Fulton Sheen mm -hmm. in December 1979 uh, said the following, a little bit before he died, he yeah. said this, there's a, a presentation called a, a Voice from Calvary. After, yeah. Terry, we you reported it. Yeah, we did it. It was, yeah. in the, it was in the 70s. Yes, it was in the 70s. Here's what he said, quote, The three gods that are worshipped by our modern culture are Bacchus, 
Venus, and Mammon. First of all, Bacchus, the god of wine, marijuana, the god of drugs. Yep. Close quote. He said that in the early 70s. He warned us about the three demons yep. that America is, is dealing with right now. Bacchus, Venus, and Mammon, who reject, rebuke, and renounce in Jesus' name. We also, Terry, even way before Fulton Sheen. Yeah. And again, I'm, going, I'm just going into, into the spiritual because this doctor covered the medical and the cycle and the science. Yeah. There's a book that's not in the Old Testament, but Jews regard it as history, as historical. It's called the Book of Enoch. Yeah. Okay. Hey, hold your thought, Jess. I want you to get that and also talk about marijuana that they didn't talk about as a gate drug. Because this is important for mom and dad who are listening. Stay with us. Yeah, Jess and I, we're too blessed to be stressed. We're too anointed to be disappointed. And if hope was money, we'd be billionaires. Jess is going to give a quote uh, that I think is important regarding homo, regarding uh, marijuana. So stick with us. We'll be back in a moment. Yes, you were going to quote a quote from the book of Enoch, uh, which is not part of our scripture, but the Jews respect it as history. So go ahead and do that quote. Yeah, and also it's interesting, Jerry, the book of Enoch is quoted by by St. Jude in the New Testament. Right. So the New Testament quotes the book of Enoch. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, so the book of Enoch, it's it's a non-canonical Jewish work. Uh, yeah, it's attributed to the uh, to the great grandfather of Noah, Enoch. And so this book, it's probably dated about three hundred years before Christ. Here's the point of the book. It talks about fallen angels. They call them, you know, watchers, watchers, fallen angels. But in there's something very interesting. In chapter seven of the book of Enoch, it says. While they are on earth, these are these watcher spirits, these fallen angels. It says they teach women about charms, spells, root cutting, and plants, and various other forms of astrology. Mm -hmm. Then it says, the book of Enoch also says on chapter 8, it gives a detailed section and describes how fallen angels taught humans how to u- how to utilize plants Interesting. and cut the roots to tap into their psychedelic compounds and to elicit metaphysical experiences and cast spells. Yeah, could that be mushrooms, you think? Could be mushrooms, could be marijuana. Sure. Okay. So it's interesting that there's a very ancient book that says that there are demons that will teach humans how to tap into the psychedelic powers of a plant. Uh, coincidence? I, no, I, no. I, I don't think so. And Jesse, can I? Not, just, you asked me about gateway. I did. I want about. In other words, I, the question. I know you answered it in your book, but for those who are, don't have a copy of your book, okay. is marijuana a gateway drug? Yes or no? Absolutely. I'll tell you why, Terry. And and Doctor Drew Pinsky just mentioned yeah. uh, that psychoactive ingredient called THC right. or tetrahydronocabinol. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this ingredient. This is this is the psychoactive right. ingredient in the marijuana. Th- yeah, this this is why they call marijuana dope, specifically yeah. because this this psychoactive ingre- ingredient THC. What it does, it impairs short memory. It it impairs psychomotor functions, yeah, like and that's why that's why it's called 
dope. Yep. And it's 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 psychologically addictive, especially in the levels that we're seeing right now. Here's something interesting for those of them that, that would argue that marijuana is not a gateway drug. Yeah. Then, then why is it that marijuana is the number one addiction of 65% of teenagers that are in drug rehabilitation? Yeah, 65% of, of teens yeah. that are drug addicts and drug rehabs are addicted to marijuana. Yeah. So marijuana is a gateway drug to cocaine, to methamphetamine, to fentanyl. And what marijuana does, Terry, it it harms the lungs lungs even faster than smoking cigarettes. So it's, it's, it's the usage of marijuana because of the Democrat Party is skyrocketing amongst teenagers and young people. And, and, and I don't, Jesse, can I just throw one more thing that I think is important too? Obviously the moral is number one. But it also oh, yeah. lets the young people lose their motivation to go even go to work or even feel like they have any obligations, especially uh, if they're a father. Uh, they just kind of let things go because, you know, they're like, whatever. So it doesn't marijuana do that very thing? Yeah, yeah doctors call marijuana, here's, a, here's a, a fancy medical term. They call it a disincentive drug. Yeah. Disincentive drug. It means that it destroys all desires uh, of of motivation, yeah. all desires to pursue excellence, moral excellence, physical excellence. Yeah. Fine, fine. You know, it, it just destroys, and also it destroys the seeds of faith. Yeah. Whatever faith you have, marijuana and drug addiction destroy any seeds of faith that may have been planted by the church's sacraments, uh, your parents' faith, yeah. uh, you know, the, uh, your, your your Catholic faith. Also, Many researchers suggest that marijuana use is likely. They say any, but when you study any drug addict and you interview them, you ask them, okay, so what do you use right now? I'm using heroin a couple times a day. I'm using meth a couple times a day. Every single drug addict will always tell you that the first thing that they tried was marijuana. Yep. This is why marijuana, you know, doctors link it to addiction to other substances because it's it's that it's that boiling the frog in the water. Exactly. The first the first thing that they turn on the first degree is marijuana. Right. And, and want something stronger. And, and the exactly. And the fact is that what what THC yeah. in marijuana what it what it makes other drugs it makes other drugs more pleasurable wow. in the brain. Wow. So like for example, if you just take heroin by itself, there's a certain intoxication but if you take marijuana and heroin what the what the thc does it makes the heroin more pleasurable to the, to right, the brain it amplifies the value. yes yeah so that's what marijuana does yeah. in combination wow. with other drugs it's right. like what they what they would call a gain of function yeah it it, it maximizes the the output and so this is why all forms of marijuana all of them are mind-altering psychoactive drugs because they contain this THC, which is the main care chemical in marijuana. And just like doctor, uh, the doctor just said right now in this video. Yeah, the amount of THC is much yeah, higher, right? Yeah, he said, this is not your Cheech and Chong oh, Woods, Woodstock no, weed. No. no, this is dumbing down America, Terry. Yeah, and, and Jesse, what's sad about it is that our, our government seems to be 
okay with it. And they're not all in want, on it. Yeah, they're all right. in on it. And it seems like it's almost like we're being taken down from the inside. You know, yes. by just drugging people. Yeah, and, and I'll tell you why, Terry. Uh, this is this is called psyops. It's called you know psychological manipulation. How can you control a mass amount of people if you can dumb them down intellectually exactly. yeah. and rationally? You're going to be able to control them like a herd. Yeah. And, and and you know when a young person asks me, well, Mr. Romero, what's wrong with marijuana? Give it to me in a nutshell. I tell them this: in a nutshell, it alters your mind, it alters your judgment. And it alters your ability to think clearly and soberly. I'm going to say it again. What's wrong with marijuana? I'll give you a quick, natural law, rational response. Number one, it alters your mind. That's not a good thing. It alters your judgment. That's not a good thing. It alters your ability to think clearly and soberly. That's not a good thing because the New Testament calls us to live a life of sobriety six times. The last thing, I'll, and then we'll move on. I just want yeah. to make yeah. one last point, And that is so many young people have accepted socialism as a way of, of a yeah. government. I want to tie yeah. it into the idea that they're high a lot. And so they're more open to the idea that, yeah, let the government, you know, feed me. Let the government do all this because, you know, I'm uh, I, I'm high. So well, who cares? Am I on something or do you think that also plays into it? No, of course, Terry, because it, it what it's done, it's, uh, it's shut down their ability to think reasonably. Right. And so they can't even detect natural law. They can't even understand uh, natural law and right reason. Right. And prudence goes out the window. Right. Prudence and temperance goes out the window. As soon as you chuck the virtues, the cardinal virtues, guess what? Uh, you're going to live by the seat of your pants. And what I mean by that, you're going to live your life based on how you feel. Yep. You'll find liberals, uh, most liberals, young liberals, they, they'll always talk about, I feel. Yep. Uh, it, it's, they, 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 they base their decisions on their emotions. Yeah. And emotions are not a good measure of reality. Well said, Jesse. I think you've nailed it. And again, I want to recommend people to go to jessiromero.com to pick up his book on the uh, problem with marijuana. Yeah. What's wrong with marijuana? What's, wrong, oh, with what's marijuana? wrong with marijuana? Terry, I want to give kudos to Dr. Uh, Regis Martin. He I was a professor of yours, Jess. <laughs> I took two classes with him. Uh, a, 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 an amazing professor, one yeah. of the one of the very good uh, voices in the Catholic Church. Yeah. He's uh, he's a Franciscan University professor, and he's called for Pope Francis to resign following the homosexual blessing text. Yeah, he, he here's what he said: Professor Regis Martin from Steubenville has urged uh, the, the Pope to resign the office that has become so torturous to occupy. And then go off to the nearest monastery for a life of prayer and penance. He loves the Pope, I can tell you that. Yeah, I could. Yeah, no, there's no animosity in that. Oh no, no, that's fraternal correction, Terry. That's this professor has courage. Yeah, Uh, you know he he has a spine. Yeah, and and he's looking for the Pope's breast. What is what is the definition of love according to Saint Thomas Aquinas? Will the good of the The, other? Yeah, and, and he's willing and desiring. What was good for Pope Francis, which is resign, yep. go off to a monastery, uh, do prayer and penance, live in a state of grace and get to heaven. Yep. Yeah. I agree, Jesse. And I love what he says. He says I, there's no zero likelihood of this happening, by the way. So why do I bother? Isn't it a bit like spitting in the wind? I love his end. Or trying to square the circle, wondered Martin in his Syrian commentary published in Crisis magazine. He says, I do it because the gospel demands it. Mm. Wow, there's a biblical Catholic, answered Martin. He said, well, I'm no St. Paul, neither am I adverse to paraphrasing him. 
who in his letter to the Galatians, chapter 2.14, had the cheek to call out St. Peter himself with the first pope on a point of doctrine no less. When a man does not walk upright, when he fails to be straightforward, there is no question but that someone needs to tell him. So Paul told Peter, admonishing him to his face in Antioch. And so with the utmost respect, one really must summon the courage to tell the Pope. And that's me. Continue, Jess. Dr. Regis Martin said that he would tell the Pope that he's all wet, that the declaration signed and delivered by him is flat out wrong. Uh, however, Pope Francis may wish to extend the reach of his vaunted pastoral vision, it can never encompass the blessing of sin. Either idolatry and sodomy are wrong, and those who engage in such practices are committing serious sins and in need of repentance, or there is nothing wrong or untoward about either, and no priest should stand in the way of those who come forward to have their unions blessed. That way, that way lies madness, and the church, which has always stood for sanity, may have to ask the Pope to step down in order to make things sane again. Professor Martin calls for heads to roll at the Vatican, including the papal noggin, has come, to a, has come following a tsunami of opposition from prelates, bishops, conferences, priests, uh, Catholic commentators, and priest associations. And I think Archbishop Shabu would say the same thing. Confused teaching is never excusable. Stay with us, family. You're listening to the Terry and Jesse Show on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Jesse, before we go on to Fulton Sheen's Christmas message, I want to just let you or myself answer the question about the Pope explainers, the guys that say, hey, you guys are overreacting. The whole Bishop's Conference out in Africa, you're overreacting. Asia, you're overreacting. <laughs> Come on, stop it. You, you priests in England, stop it. Read the document. They say things like that, and you go, dude, again, Jesse, I say actions speak louder than words, but what are your, what's, your, what's your explanation for if someone comes up to you and says, Jesse, you're overreacting, this is not a problem, it's right within the church teachings, and you just have to trust the Pope? Well, Terry, I'll tell you, we're in, we're in good company with a lot of people that also are looking at this document yeah. and saying it's a distinction without a difference. Yeah. People like, you know, Cardinal Burke, yeah. uh, you know, Mueller, uh, Mueller uh, you know, Seurat, yeah. uh, you know, uh, Archbishop uh, Zen, Zen, Cardinal Zen, uh, Archbishop right. Jacobis, Ganswine, Vigano, oh, yeah. Bishop Strickland, yeah. uh, Bishop Snyder, Bishop Barron also criticized the Synod, by the way. Yeah. You got Father Gerald Murray, uh, Scott Hahn. Uh, they did a, a, a show. Can you uh, can you uh, criticize the Pope on EWTN? Both right. them says absolutely. You got now Regis Martin and Terry. Then you have a litany of other scholars, academics that have written and and they've documented this. The Dictator Pope by Henry Sire. The Lost Shepherd: How Pope Francis is Misleading the Flock by Philip Lawler. Yep. Uh, the next one to change the Church: Pope Francis and the Future of Catholicism by by Ross Duhat. Yeah. You also got the Political Pope. Uh, by by uh, George Newmeyer, rest in peace. Pope Francis's paradigm shift by Jose Antonio Ureta, uh, a, 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 a theologian over in Brazil. Bad Shepherds by Rob Bennett. Infiltration by Taylor Marshall. Defending the faith against heresies by Dr. John Lamont, a Canadian professor. 
uh, The Road to Hyperpapalism to Catholicism. That's a two-volume work by Dr. Kwasniewski. There's over 3,000 pages of research documenting Pope Francis' statements, his errors. They're well-sourced, they're highly footnoted, and replete with painful facts. And now, remember... It's important to distinguish between the fallible institutional human elements of the church versus the truth of God, which are the doctrines and the sacraments. This always remains because the church herself is indefectible and indestructible according to the Baltimore Catechism, and we hold to the perennial teachings of the deposit of faith. And I'll just add one last thing. The Pope doesn't have the power to change any of the teachings of the church, okay? In other words, he is the vigor of Christ, not the superior of Christ. So when, if in fact the Pope wanted to, you know, decide on some disciplines, that's different. But when it comes to doctrinal issues, he doesn't have that power. So I would just say, pray for the Pope like we do every day at our rosary. I pray, you know what I pray for him, Jesse? Every, for years, for almost a decade, that he confirm us in our faith. I don't pray for his intentions. I can't, Jesse, not in my conscience. I pray to have him confirm us in our faith, and I'd ask all of our listeners, don't get mad. Get down on your knees and pray for Holy Mother of the Church, because the Church is in great need of conversion right now. Well, you, what you pray for, uh, St. Luke wrote it, I think it's in chapter 24. Yeah, that's where I got it from. Yeah, where he it, says, uh, he says Peter, uh, when, when Peter's convert, converted, he will confirm the that's brethren. Right. That's exactly where yeah. I got it from. So, so it's Luke chapter 24. Your, your prayer is right in the gospel. Yeah. Uh, Terry, I also want to mention a bit of good news. Here, rest, just. Yeah. The, Capu- the Capuchin Franciscans are announcing, they announced on Jan- two days ago, that actor Sheila Booth yeah, has fully news. entered the Catholic Church, having received the Sacrament of Confirmation uh, on New Year's Eve. Awesome. So this, this uh, A-list actor, Sheila Booth, 37 years old, had a conversion while portraying St. Father to be on a movie yep. in 2022. I didn't watch the movie, so I, I can't make any comments on it, but... Uh, I guess starring in that movie prepared him for the role and he spent time living with Padre Pio's order, the Capuchin Franciscans, at their monastery in Northern California. He began taking RCIA classes last year and uh, and he received a whole, he received confirmation uh, a few days ago. He's now fully in the church. Yes. You know, when I say people are coming into the church in spite of the scandal, I always yeah. think of what G.K. Chesterton said. Why did I become a Catholic? Because it's true. Yeah. I mean, in other words, truth is what brings us in. I, yeah. And I mean, I, I'm all for a warm church. I'm all for friendliness, okay? But you know what really brings people in? They're looking for the truth of the gospel. They want to know the meaning and purpose of life, and they want to have clarity that teaches this is right, this is wrong, and that's what we—we we have a moral obligation, all of us here, Jess and myself and all of our listeners— to share those truths to the faith, because this, it's what our Lord said, the truth will set us free. Yes. By the way, there's a video worth watching yeah. from Archbishop Fulton Sheen. Yeah. It's called, How Jesus' Littleness at Christmas is More Powerful Than Superman. Yeah. It's about a 25-minute video. It's worth watching. Yeah. We'll, we'll share some of the, some of the highlights from, from, from that video. Uh, Fulton, Archbishop Sheen says, This isn't a man getting strong like Superman, Clark Kent. This is a God becoming weak. He's talking about the incarnation. What has Superman got to do with Christmas? Venerable Fulton Sheen asked his audience in a 1960s taping of Life is Worth Living. 
In this episode, Fulton Sheen powerfully explains the breakthrough of Christmas, how Jesus' entry into the world as a child compares to that of DC Comics' Superman. Venerable Sheen explains how Superman is actually the desire for Christmas. First, there's a breakthrough because he helps others. There's a kind of renovation, a strengthening and aiding. Mm -hmm. Christmas is just this. Instead of someone going into a closet and taking on the form and the substance of Superman, the breakthrough is God coming down to earth, breaking through time, splitting it, splitting it so much that from that time to this, it's B.C. and A.D. Awesome. There's this difference with Superman. Superman goes from weakness to power. The breakthrough of Christmas is from power to weakness. You saw the crib at the beginning of the show. Here's the infinity and littleness. This isn't a man getting strong. This is a God becoming weak, helpless as a babe. What a difference between Superman and this breakthrough. Not a manifestation of power to please the pride of man, but humility to humble man's pride. This idea of a God becoming man that you saw there in the crib is very hard for us to realize. Not going into the closet, but going into a stable in a crib. That's the difference in the Superman weakness and power. And any other difference is that Superman, when he comes to this earth of ours, is to do his wonders. Only touches the environment. He touches what's outside of man. All Superman does is change the circumstances on the outside, but he does not touch man on the inside. That's the difference. Awesome. When God becomes man, when we have Christmas, he leaves the circumstances very much the way they are. He leaves the Roman soldiers parading through the streets. The same problems, pain, suffering, and hunger, and so forth. But he begins reforming the hearts of men. Once they are reformed, if they live according to, this, to his way, he'll do away with these boring things of indigence who suffer. So the God-man works in the heart of a man. This internal operation of God, when he comes to earth, it will be likened to a plague. Suppose there was something in the world today like the Black Death during the Middle Ages. Remember, it wiped out a third of the population of Europe. Suppose a great scientist found the remedy for that plague and he made the remedy available to the whole human race. There would be some who would come to be relieved. Others might not. That's just exactly what happened when God came to this earth. We'd all be willing to have our circumstances changed. We'd like to have more money, maybe live in a different house. But do we want our thinking changed? Do we want our lives changed? And the God man who came to this earth came for the remedy of moral and spiritual plagues. He came to make us happy on the inside. And not everybody wants it. He came into his own. And the Bible says, and his own received him not. Now this is Christmas in terms of the Superman. Wow. Well, you know, Jess, it is awesome. Watch the video. I'm also going to say that years ago you were with us when we produced Archbishop Sheen, The True Meaning of Christmas and The True Meaning of Easter, that put out and you uh, on uh, our Lighthouse distribu- distribution, and we distributed about 350,000 copies of that one CD. I'll still give it as a Christmas gift to anyone of our listeners We'll download it and send it to you if you just call 877-526-2150 or go online 
uh, you know, we'll uh, we'll make sure we can get it to you. So I I just think that it's important for us to understand because Jesse, well, what we went, what we're going through right now, we have to keep our eyes focused on Jesus Christ and Amen. no one else. Yes. And that's what we try to do every single day here at Virgin Most Powerful Radio because we know all the problems in the world, in the church, outside the church, the same answer. Jesus Christ is the answer. Let me Jesus. compare let me compare Jesus Christ and, and Superman. Yeah. Superman is is a make-believe story. Yep. Jesus Christ is real. Amen. Number two. Step two. Jesus is sinless. Superman, again, he's not a real figure, but let's just say he lived on planet Earth, he'd be a sinner as well, okay? Because he had superpowers that were physical superpowers, but he he would have still had concupiscence because he was not internally a divine being. Number three, Jesus is personal. You can have a personal relationship with Jesus through prayer and the sacraments. You can't have a personal relationship with Superman. Yeah. You can just read about him in a comic book or watch him in a cartoon. Four, Superman was able to do all kinds of cool stuff in the comic books and on, in cartoons. But guess what G- Superman could not do? He could not save our soul from sin and death. <laughs> Amen, brother. What a difference. Jesus could not only do all the cool things that Superman does because he's God. His, his strength is unlimited. Right. But Jesus Christ did something that Superman could never do. His death saved us from our sin and eternal damnation. And finally, the last thing between Superman and, and our Lord Jesus Christ is that Superman, he's just a cartoon that stays on a book or in your television. Okay? Jesus wants us to be like him. And other Christ. Yep. He, exactly. Superman doesn't want us to be like him. He wants to, he wants to be the all-powerful being of the universe. He doesn't want to share his power with anybody else. Jesus wants us to be like him that's the difference amen jesse what state should we be living in brother let's live in a state of sanctifying grace don't live in a state of mortal sin and remember that jesus christ is the real superhero because he's god and jesus christ defeated the one nemesis that all other superheroes are subject to <laughs> that's death amen. and 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 and, the, and that same superpower is available to you live in a state of grace receive the sacraments have a dedicated life of prayer, and you can be a superhero for the kingdom of God here on earth and save your soul and save your family's soul. I'm laughing because that's what I tell my four-year-old grandson. <laughs> superhero, become Christ-like. Don't forget our lady said souls are going to hell because no one is there to make sacrifices for their salvation. Let's keep praying for that. God love you. See you next time.